Where are all my friends? Micah Haycoop. Hey, dude. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, man. I'm excited to, I'm excited to be in your living room. Yeah. Yeah. I felt so seen right right before we started recording. You're like, bro, this is a bit of a setup. And it I was is like, a, oh my God, it's thank you. It's an insane setup. <laughs> and after the podcast that we did, which was like a laptop and two very loosely held mic at our agency. <laughs> you like hear the fucking hand it was, holding It was mic. terrible. We would do like, we would, you'd be like holding like a piece of foam, like trying to talk next to it in a room. <laughs> the echo is not, is not cute. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know you had a podcast though, and I'm sure that'll tie into the story. We did three seasons of a podcast, and that and like which was like sixty something episodes. Yeah, and Whoa. yeah, it was cool, but it was like too it was like too generic. Like really, it was like agency stuff where you're just like, oh, so you have this like beauty company. You're like, great. How'd you found it? Cool. And like, I don't know. We we were never like, oh, it's about blank. It's like exactly this. Yeah. It was very, and like we did cool ones. Like we did like the founder of Care Of, the founder of Quip. Like we were doing like a lot of D2C. Fuck. Some of that stuff's like amazing. But, but at the same time, it's still like, I don't know. We either needed to go longer form with it and be like, oh, we're trying to get places or we needed yeah. to go more tactical with it. And that was like, we we never fully got there. So it's like cool. It's called sessions. They're good lessons to go back and, and check out. Yeah. But we also did episodes where it was just me being like, I'm gonna explain Google Analytics in five minutes. Yeah. And I would just be like, All right, here's everything you need to know about Google Analytics. It's not that complicated. Just do this and this. Great. Bye. And I think that I mean, was like a better version of a podcast. I was gonna say that sounds good. I'm, yeah. I'm that's intriguing to me because I have a lot to learn about your story mm. and like what you're so good at professionally. I've only seen like little bits through our friendship at race service and mm-hmm. that like mutual. But as we learn, I'm curious because I think that there is great value to a podcast and I've never heard sure. of like an agency doing one. So that's cool that you did it. And I'm curious of like, it, like, did you have an ROI on it at the end? Like, no, do you I mean, think it was oh, worth for it? Sure. But because like, agencies are expensive to work with so you're like how can you let people know what your mindset's like for free yeah right and so that was that but before sessions we did this thing called shapeshift report uh-huh. and it was like it started as like a client only monthly deck that we would send out it started like right when the agency started nine years ago yeah and it was like oh here's like cool articles like trends like but it was like if you were a client you got it Whoa. and then it turned into a like a pdf that you could sign up for and we'd send out and we had 12 it was 12 themes but the themes repeated so every january was the resolutions issue and it was all about like brand resolutions for the year yeah every like march was the future issue it was all about like what's gonna come down the pipe whatever we did five years of it and it ended up turning from like it was like a 60 70 page pdf we were producing every month that was like interviews original photo shoots whatever and then turned into like a fully interactive website what it was it was crazy and that like helped us get that was like how we got lululemon as a client that's how we got w hotels as a client it was like okay good yeah i'm curious because like i think that that is like sharing knowledge for free and like showing that is so valuable for sure otherwise like you're only as good as like whatever work you're doing yeah which is an agency like you barely you rarely have control over the final product yeah right like your version of what's cool and the client's version of what they need are very different it's rare that they end up at the same as the finished product yeah we did that for years and it was great and and that then like kind of the podcast was like, all right, a, lo- a lighter lift version. And it yeah. was also like a way that Chelsea, my business partner and I could like talk directly to people. And then, and that was it. That that was like, I think we always tried to have some kind of like IP. Yeah. Yes. Out. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, all right. Well, we need to get, I've, like, I've interrupted the intro. No, 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 no. With, I, I actually, I love that because I think that like, 
one when I listen to a podcast and they instantly start talking about something actually interesting. I'm like, yeah. oh, cool, thanks. Like, it's not just the small talk bit. Yeah. So I kind of like that. But it is it is definitely a preview towards what your life and career got to of this agency. And I need to learn a lot about that. Yeah. But how I typically start is just the quick ex- explanation for somebody who doesn't know who you are, like who you are and what you do now. And mm-hmm. then we'll take it back and kind of like reverse engineer how we got there. For sure. So my name is Micah Haku. Yeah. Um, I am the managing director and a partner at the brand studio Another. And then I'm also the co-founder of an agency called Candid Network. Sick. Yeah. Okay. So then that pretty good formal title, all that. Yeah. The reason that I was excited to have you on was my first impression of you and a couple of the things that I know that you're a part of. That's funny. Um, let's see if we can just, I'll fix it live. Fix it. <laughs> let's go. See, this is the, this is like having a nice car. The nicer the setup, the more shit that you can break. Yeah. But these, you know, you got me feeling like Dax Shepard with this microphone. You feel like Dax Shepard? I don't, you? I don't know. Cause I don't listen to that podcast, but I imagine he has this microphone. So um, the okay. reason that I was excited to have you on is I've seen a little bit of what you've done from outside and there's a couple projects like highly likely is something that I'm curious of. And I know you're like involved, but I don't know fully, but there's just a lot to your career that I think I could learn from. And it's rare. I mean, what I'm 170 episodes deep when I have somebody Jesus on that's Christ. yeah, dog. <laughs> so when I have somebody on that's like has a new skill set or a new thing of knowledge, or a career that I haven't heard of, I'm fascinated. And that's why I was so excited to have you. So that's where you're at now. Mm-hmm. And I guess like, what does that mean? Like in a simple version of like, you have an agency, yep. you've, you've like, as you were saying with the podcast, the newsletter, you've worked with like pretty big brands. Yeah. What is your day to day? Like, like, what are you currently doing? Yeah. What's that actually look like? I mean, the, on the, another side, the managing director's like, your strategy, right? Like you're like, all right, strategy with like, how do we handle clients? What are the type of clients we want to bring in? How do we structure the work that we're doing with them? Yeah. And then you're also like, and the way it's shaken out for me is like strategy in terms of like, who do we have on the team? How, like, what are like the processes we have? How does everyone feel emotionally? Like I've, I've like, You're very like people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like Chelsea who founded the agency and then who I came on as a, as a partner, like we originally called Matt Black and now we're called another, we changed our name like three or four years ago, but she's always had like a great vision. And like, she's like the hardest worker, the best visual person, the best designer, whatever. Sick. Um, And is like, you know, has like a style of leadership that's so like, she's so good at the work and enjoys being in the work and like, also enjoys the people side, but like she needs a person, or I think needed a person who could be like much more like, okay, like I'm going to help you guys through this. Like, how are you feeling? Like, Whoa. okay, like what? Yeah, all of that stuff that like, you know, helps helps people feel like they can be taken care of in that way. Yeah. She's great at that as well. Just like I'm good at being in the work, but like we, we've definitely, we definitely have opposite skill sets. And so like, yeah, managing director is normally just like, how are we going to make the money that we need to make? <laughs> is this a good client for us to take? Is this a good project? And then at the end of the day, it's just like, all right, guys, like how are we feeling? And, and how can I help you get to like, out of the roadblock we're at in this project. Interesting. Yeah, and like I came in and led strategy in terms of like brand strategy. So I'll still be like the main brand strategist on a lot of the stuff that we do. But Uh, in a simple explanation though, like you kind of come in and just like fix shit then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's for sure. I think there's less like, I hope maybe jumpstart 
Jump, like and then if we ever come to a roadblock i like try to give perspective on like oh like if we thought about this or if we tried this yeah i think like everyone's much better at what they do at the agency than i am and right. so it's more just like yeah you just have like outside perspective of like yeah. oh like remember the client said they wanted this or like hey guys like this is a lot of i feel like in brand is you have to just be able to look and be like guys you're not saying anything yeah with this like if you took all the logos off this page like you've not made a big statement about like this brand yes especially now like we work like so much in like beauty or hospitality or whatever like so much of that stuff's the same like we're like clean beauty that's like ethically sourced and like good for you that makes you feel confident and so many brands are like no we're not really selling this we're selling confidence you're like but then like why are you even start like that's you don't have a unique proposition at all yeah like the people that think they're unique and it's like no but we're different because it's not about the product it's about how you feel you're like okay but that's there's so many people yeah i mean there's everyone now so i think that's it's a lot of just like helping be like all right cool like are we deeper than that are we like getting to another layer below that where it's like we said something that like only this brand could say. Well, hopefully we arrive there. A lot of the times well, we don't. <laughs> that's I love how you just explained that because like the thing, the moment where I was like, damn, I fuck with you was when you came to race service and there was a client project that everybody was working on and it was like this huge idea, but it took you like wrangling everybody in and we were talking about like all these things of like, what can it be and how's this work and all that. Yeah. And you had a very systematic intentional strategic way to take that and to funnel it and to categorize it. Mm. And I think that's really impressive to me as I, and I'm definitely still a student, but as I am around agency work, creative mm -hmm. work, working with giant clients and brands and companies yeah. on the business side. And then you also have these creatives that are great at making anything, but that's maybe a curse because they can make anything. Yeah. And you did such a good job taking both sides of that and categorizing it and asking the right questions to say, why are you doing this? Why do you care? Why should they care? And that's like this skill that's kind of hard to simply state, but mm. I think is so valuable. And again, kind of why I was so intrigued in talking to you and learning. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that comes from, like that specifically comes from when you make content or mm -hmm. say like production like so we both do like or both of our agencies do like production work yeah in different ways but like you can become really comfortable in execution yeah and to, and you so you say like i'm most comfortable when we're making the thing yeah so all of your ideas everything you talk about all of your strategy is just how quickly do we get to making stuff yeah right versus Ooh. the versus the idea of being like does the dog know why it wants to catch the squirrel yeah. right like making contents the idea of like let's go catch the squirrel <laughs> versus and like once you get it like because you could just be like and then what what are you gonna do with that video yeah then what what are you gonna do with that and so i think like real confidence in your creative work is the idea of like from the strategy standpoint, mm -hmm. we can tell you why we're going to do this, mm -hmm. what it means if we do this right, mm -hmm. and where we're going to end up when we do this right, mm. right? And these are the types of things that are going to work. Yeah. But we could get you 30 versions of ideas inside of it, right. right? And like, I think it's harder to be confident. Like I handed you like a 30-page deck and it's like, this is the plan. Now yeah. let's go execute. It's like everyone can wrap their head a little bit more around the idea of like, we're going to shoot this commercial. It's going to look like this. Here's mood boards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you're skipping a lot of the, what I think is like the why behind it. Right. And so I think that's, it's, it's the idea of just like agencies that are good or comfortable in execution. Yeah. But unfortunately you can like get to the place where you use execution as like, 
the crutch to like never really having to think about like why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. like really defining the why first. for sure. Where yeah. did that skill come from? Cause like, that's something that I think that in this day and age, a ton of the people that listen to this podcast, like are a creative in some regard and are probably having to do their own kind of business and these mm -hmm. things come up. And I think it's so valuable. Mm. So like where, if somebody feels that way, like yeah. they're a creative and they have the skill, but they don't have that like strategy side, like sure. where did you learn that? I'm Bro, so curious. And did, maybe that comes into your origin story a little bit. Yeah, I had like an insane, like an insanely good first job. And I was at Tom's, um, the, I guess then the footwear company and now they like the one for one company. And I interned in 2010 i think wow and so it was like i got really lucky because like they had like fourteen thousand applicants for internships and there was like seven interns and so it was this thing because at the time it was like oh this company's like really cool you know whatever like they have this amazing internship program i ended up like kind of sliding in because i'd interned at volcom before Sick. when i was in when i was a freshman in college and i'd got that because i made t-shirts when i was in high school i like screen printed i had like my own t-shirt brand Fuck yeah. and then the like my vice principal knew the guy who ran like planning and analysis at Volcom. So I had like a planning and analysis. They put me on the design team, which was really funny because I didn't know how to use Photoshop. And so I was on the design team at Volcom when I was like 19, which is like truly bad in hindsight because it's just like I have no design skills. That's And really so then I funny. moved to planning and analysis, did an internship there. They then like knew someone at Tom. So it was like one of those things where you're just like, you're like right place, right time. Like sure. I made shirts and that helped. But also when you're just like, the world was pushing me forward. It was like very yeah. privileged in that way. No, that's that's cool. That's yeah, an awareness. It, but I'm curious about planning an analysis so, because I think that at that point in somebody's career, not knowing Photoshop, but being at a company like Volcom was like one of your first jobs or internships. Yeah. Like that's kind of a flex. So like I could see some people probably just being like, well, fuck, I guess I'll learn Photoshop. This is that. I, so so it's I, interesting I, that I there's did, a pivot. I did. This guy, Ralph, taught me Photoshop. And the funniest thing is I then ran into Ralph. He works at Nike now. No shit. And so I saw him on an email. I was like, bro, is this Ralph from Volcom? And he's like, yeah. And You're my like, Photoshop Dude, you taught me how to, <laughs> you taught me how to use Photoshop when I was 19. But yeah, like the, the, then the guy who got me the internship at Volcom ran planning and analysis. And so then when I, my internship was ending, I didn't want to leave. And so I was like, oh. bro, like I'll come do this. And planning analysis was funny because he would be like, here's what all the buyers sold into Volcom accounts, like all of the SKUs, yeah. just cut out what they didn't sell enough of to meet minimums. And so you have this stupid, like at that point, 20 year old kid who was just like, get rid of this SKU, get rid of this SKU, get rid of this SKU. Whoa. And it, yeah, it was, I would say like, I'm not, I'm not sure how Volcom did during that time, but it was a very fun, a super fun thing to be at. Yeah. All this to say, like, I end up, I end up at Tom's when I'm an intern, we're poor Tom's, right? Uh -huh. My first day I drive, I, they asked me to take the van. I drive to Home Depot. I steal pallets from behind the Home Depot, Holy bring shit. them back, tear them apart, put yeah. them back together to make a window display for active ride shop at the Irvine Spectrum. Holy shit. And so like that, that was like, toms in that moment very scrappy how many people bro it was insane at that moment it's like 80 people because that's interesting there was a ton of applicants but really when you get to it it's still very scrappy and well, yeah because i mean bro you're getting paid 12 dollars an hour to be an intern which i thought was sick because i yeah. did not get paid a volcom yeah, and yeah so yeah, like i'm rich i got paid like 12 dollars an hour at toms but it was a lot of that it was like go to events i was on the retail marketing team day one was kind of like a remake of my Volcom internship where I was just like, okay, what's retail marketing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, like I, I thought I want, I want, I tried to be the finance intern. 
Whoa. Yeah. And okay, so, so it's a, this wasn't like some strategy thing. You were just trying bro, to be a part of anything. Bro, I was, yeah, yeah, okay. I know, but I thought, I was like, I'll be finance. The guy that I have like an in with is retail marketing, so I'll be number two. Yeah. The guy who ended up being the finance intern had left like Goldman Sachs and was like 26 and just wanted to live in LA for the summer. He was he was so sick and now runs like fucking BlackRock Capital. Like, Holy so, fuck. Like, okay, so he was like very qualified. He, he had, yeah, he's like very qualified and like very New York like private equity guy. Yeah. Which was hilarious because everyone else was like, you know, I was 20 at that point, which was very funny because then we had Friday happy hours and they're like, all right, Micah, just so you know, like we have Snapple for you. Because I was like, because I was the only person at Tom's who was under 21. <laughs> Holy um, shit. But yeah, I mean, that was like, so I'm in retail marketing yeah. strategy. I ended up like later in my life at Tom's, there's this guy, Pete Ferrer, who was like an executive at Nike. He started Nike 6.0. If you remember Nike 6.0 is when they did all of their action sports under one brand. It was like, right, surfing, snowboarding, skating. I can't remember the other three, but they made it this standalone brand. Was it like a, it almost looked like a painted logo? Yeah, it was, it was like a painted logo. Yeah, yeah. I remember the And visual. they sponsored like the US Open of Surfing. They did all this stuff. So he did that. He left, went to Tom's. Tom's had like this insane, like there was like grownups who were like huge executives at other companies who then believed in it. And there was like 10 of them. And then there was 70 people who were under 25 no way yeah and so it was it was like this very odd like it was cool but that's just like what it take what it took at that point mm -hmm. and he had this whole idea of like what does winning look like today mm -hmm. and so he had come from he played football for alabama he pitched in the majors like he was like he was like a nike guy right mm -hmm. and then was a really successful executive and then he he was just this idea of like do you know what winning looks like today in this moment right and the and it was like this idea of like you're chunking everything up into such small bits that you're like i know why we're trying to do the thing we're trying to do incredible right and that was like the whole like strategy at the end of the day like strategy for dum-dums is like you make a chart and you go top right corner hmm. right like every like you know you've seen that chart where it's yeah. like you know luxury versus accessible and like yeah. you know serious versus expressive and you're like everyone else is here and we're gonna be in the top right like at the end of the day you can just do dum-dum strategy and like that's 50 percent of the work incredible the, the other percent of it is just like your why is just like i want to do this so then what Mm -hmm. right and and like as long as you can answer like there's a second step after this like yeah. you probably have enough of a why to do the thing no way and i just think like we all skip that part that's a lot what you just said there yeah. so casually though is a fucking college course in itself maybe well, like <laughs> yeah. actually though like because like, yeah. you're so familiar with it but yeah. like that somebody really really understanding that like i'm obsessed with finding those core lessons yeah and you said it so casually but yeah. if you can explain why there's a next step past the thing you're doing yeah like you could really dissect that yeah. and learn like the, a lot from that the dog can't explain why it wants to catch the squirrel yeah and i think there's like plenty to be said for things where you're just like we're just doing it because we think it's going to get some attention or it's cool those things are also really good mm -hmm. they just can't be like they're not the only strategy, mm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or the, in in my opinion, but yeah, man, like I, I going back, like I learned so much of who I was, was like formed or who I am now was like formed by Tom's in that like, I had like amazing mentors who I still have today who believed in me. Mm -hmm. I had an internship, I was in retail marketing. I left to go, to go finish college. Mm. Um, they asked me, it was very, they very politely, politely asked me to not finish college. And they're like, just stay, just Whoa. like, let's, let's go. In hindsight, I should have done that. Really? 
Yeah, because who cares if you graduate college? I mean, I'm on that team, but that's interesting. Bro, I can't read a resume. So I go back. I had a year and a half of school left, and I, I condensed it down to one year. That was like the thing. So I, I did college in three years total. Cool. And so I was like slammed it in. And then like two months before I graduated, um, Jill, who was my boss's boss so like my boss's boss's boss at that point well, called me like we have Tom's. Yeah, yeah we have okay we have a job for you because i was just waiting for them i Sick. like knew i was like i'm going to go work at tom's when i'm done Sick. when i'm done with this yeah they were like you are the you're going to be the trade show and special events coordinator and i was like great and she's like i want you to take all the time off after college you want you could even take like two weeks if you need it I was like sick, <laughs> which is like very. If you knew her, it was like very her. That's really. Um, I was ready. I thought you were gonna say two years. No, I bro. Thought- she's she's incredible. She was like this kind of person who, in a meeting, like you're in a meeting with a bunch of people, and like you're talking about a thing, and and she would just be like, they would be like, oh, like so, who's working on this? She'd be like, oh yeah, Mike is gonna take care of that, and that was her telling you it was your job to do it. Like you had never spoken about it before, yeah, but you were yeah. just like. Okay. <laughs> it is my job to do that. I end up coming back and I do trade shows and special events. And it's like, if you've ever been to like Project or Magic, like any of the I'm fashion actually, trade I'm shows. So it's the fact that you're saying that is crazy because this is part of my career fascination tying in oh. where I wasn't a part of it, but I grew up skateboarding. Then kind of like music world doesn't. Oh, so you go saw like that. agenda and you were like, this is the shit. Yes. Exa- <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say is agenda to me. I was like, what is this magic? But I've heard of people talking Bro, about magic. My, fir- my first agenda was at my first trade show ever was with Volcom. I went to Surf Expo when it was in or not Surf Expo. I, it was it was called ASR. Yeah. Action Sports Retailer, it's the trade show that Agenda killed in right. San Francisco because Agenda would would drive like a van over to ASR and try to get you to come no way. to Agenda in San no Diego. Way. I think it's called ASR. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure um, you're right because I remember hearing people talk about but that was, that was my That was my first one. And then when I came back and did trade shows, my first Agenda was at the fucking Hyatt in Huntington Beach. Wow. And it was everyone had a 10 by 10 booth. Like no one could do build outs. It wasn't in Long Beach yet. It wasn't in, they didn't have the Vegas one. They didn't have the New York one. So like I was going to run special, I was going to run trade shows. And that was like, we build, it's hard to like describe what trade shows are, but it's pretty much, it used to be all these retailers, buyers show up. They see you're looking six months ahead. They're placing orders on fucking triplicate paper for, you know, what they're going to buy. And so it was my job to make sure like all the, Sales reps had what they needed, get the booth there, wow. make sure the booth got designed by the team. And this was like, you know, it's just like the perfect thing. I was like still 20. I was about to turn 21. And like that was like the North Star of just like, okay, we got to get this booth designed. And we had a, a 20 by 10 booth and a yeah. 10 by 10 booth. And to us, that was like massive, incredible. Yeah. Like in- yeah. incredible. And Tom's was at this point where like we wouldn't open new accounts, but everyone wanted Tom's because it was like the hot, it was like the yeah. hottest shoe in the world. And so it was, I remember going to Agenda and you literally couldn't get into our booth because there's so many people in it. Oh my, and it was what just a cool like, feeling it was to be a, a cool part feeling, of like the Rob brand. But also when you're like, at that point, I was just like, baby, this is what it's like. And for like the next, <laughs> the, the next like couple of years, like, cause it just, it like kept going. Yeah. And like when we, we were going to New York for the first time for ENK kids. Mm-hmm. So there was like Capsule, which was like, oh sick, like high end, whatever. ENK, which was kids, Project, which we didn't do Project New York because it was lame at the point. Mm. At that point, still 
probably never got cool but like i'm unfamiliar so i guess that's yeah something. well like at all trade shows that are like big national trade shows there was project in las vegas which is a part of magic which is like 10 trade shows happening at once um agenda which was in la yeah. or was in long beach there was um like capsule in new york or like enk kids was a big kid show outside of it and then there's one in atlanta and then surf expo in florida and so if you do new york florida las vegas and California, you've covered all your regions, Whoa. right? You don't need to go there's, and then all your reps are going to small regional shows. So I would like get them the stuff they needed for those shows. You're worried about like samples, shipping out, like all this stuff, merchandising on the shelf. I remember being like, all right, so in New York, like, bro, I'm gonna tell it to my boss, Garrett, like it's expensive to stay there right now. I got to book 20 rooms. Like there's this best Western, like we could do this thing. It's like 250 bucks a night though. It's expensive. Right. And he was like, oh no, man, we stay at the standard. And so like when I, cause I went from like stealing pallets to like showing back up and being like, oh, we're booking 20 people at like a $500 a night hotel for six nights each. And just being like, oh, just put on your, and having like a $110,000 credit card bill for, like for travel. Two years old. Yeah. And I was just like, I was, yeah, I hadn't even turned, I got kicked out of a bar in vegas because i still wasn't 21 Dude. for like the for the trade show circuit and what so, an insane like that is so crazy that yeah. like you saw the preview of palette days yeah finish college come back and this company has exploded and you're a part of it and you get to learn from these people and you get to be a part of that growth yeah and i think the like that was incredible and i think the best lesson like the two big lessons i learned is like even though like okay cool we're at like a nicer hotel whatever like we still treated like every dollar outside of that like it was our last mm -hmm. and so now like even my philosophy is like how can we do the most for this brand with the least amount of money yeah because tom's was just like we didn't pay for catalog pages we didn't do online advertising we didn't there's like all this stuff where you're just like yo like one, we give away a bunch of stuff. So your margins already hurt by that. And two, like just philosophically, we don't like, we're just, we're going to go where we're wanted and we're going to do things that we feel like we can, we can get behind. Right. We're yeah. still going to hand build, you know, things for active ride shop. You wouldn't just go through the motions for the sake of it. Like everything was intentional. No, everything was super intentional. Like we, ne there, there wasn't anything that I ever felt was like wasteful yeah. in a big way. There's 120 people. We were at this place called Santa Monica Studios which was on Olympic and Bundy. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, I don't know. I think it, it, it was like a, a set to film on. Oh, they yeah. put 120 of us in there. We had one bathroom and one parking space. Holy like, so that was fuck. like, that was like the grind. Dude. Right? So you like really did see it go like crazy. Yeah. And so we were doing that. We like, I was doing trade shows. So I would go to, it was literally, it's Groundhog Day. You go Long Beach, Vegas, New York, Florida, yeah. Long Beach, Vegas, New York, Florida. Yeah. And you're there two to three times a year for each of those. And then I did special events. So like Blake, the founder would go do speaking events at like, it, bro, like some of it was like Chick-fil-A leader cast, which is like yeah. a big leadership summit that Chick-fil-A puts on in Atlanta. Wow. And so it'd be all Atlanta-based brands. So it was Chick-fil-A, Coke and Delta. And then like the special guest was Tom's. Or it would be like the, we worked with this super yacht marina in West Palm Beach, which so I spent a lot of time in Florida because we were making a boat shoe and they're our partner. And uh, we would go to like the boys and girls fundraiser of this thing. And then I would like yeah. go do that. So, so that's like really where you earned your stripes. Like you bro, just like- events are so gnarly. Yeah, yeah. It, especially at that I relate level. it to touring. Like that's it's, to me, yeah. like it was like, if you can travel around the country and the world and make shit happen with no resource and have to meet people and get really good at talking to people yeah. and really good at working with a team to build something out of mm -hmm. nothing. Like that's a good skill. Yeah. The, mo the Some of the biggest like problem solving moments were like first time I did the first trade show we did with a new booth 
the builders who made it didn't know how to make crates. So the crate fell apart. <laughs> and so it's like a, it's like a um, eight by eight by 10 crate. And so I had to rebuild that with like, I, I had to rebuild a crate with just like scrap wood that I had. So it was like that. We had one time we were flying to Chicago to do like a speaking engagement. I sent, I called a Home Depot, sent them all of this plywood and like all these measurements I needed so I could then go build a brand new booth. Like we had printed graphics, but like I had to build the whole wood booth and sell, like make a stock room. We sold like 1200 pairs of shoes in a day. Holy shit. Like off, like out of this thing. We did one time like in New York or at Javits Center, if you've ever been, it's like their big trade convention center that's like on the on the west side on one of the piers or yeah. like right next to one of the piers. Yeah. It's by Classic Car Club if you've ever been. Oh, okay. Like, I know the location. It's literally right. Yeah, it's yeah. right next to them. One graphic was like 12 feet long. It's in this tube and it didn't get there. It was like the whole backdrop for the booth. They wouldn't deliver it, wouldn't deliver it. And then they're like, hey, you can come pick it up. Yeah. And it was a snowstorm to get in a cab. It's like 5 p.m. I go over there, I get the graphic and I realize the thing's too long to fit in a van. Like I don't have a car and so I had to walk like 15 blocks in a snowstorm with this graphic back to the Javits and just literally just straight up like carrying it over my shoulder. And you're just like, bro, I like, I hate this, but I love this brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know. You're just like, so it's like nice to be sold out in a moment for something like that. Yeah, man. And then we had like, oh, sorry, like a forklift hit one of your crates and like half of your booth is destroyed. And then you're like, cool, I guess we'll just like fucking rebuild it. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, overnight. Yeah. So up. that really did give you like your beginning grit and yeah. everything there. Yeah. And so that, then that was like the big first piece of advice I got was from that. Was I was like, really, I was like a year in and like yeah. burnt out. Yeah. And I was just like talking to my boss, Garrett, and I was like, bro, I don't like, I was like, I just don't know like what I'm doing. Like, this is just like, I, I was just like, I'm exhausted. And he's like, man, like, all I want you to remember is like, you're not becoming the best at, doing project trade show you're not becoming the best at events you're becoming the best at like pulling people together generating ideas you're becoming the best at like communicating you're becoming the best it was like all these principles that he's like this is every you're this is everything and as long as you focus on those things you can go do whatever you want after this yeah but this is what you're becoming good at right now you're not good at trade shows right and i was like, like if you if you're like, not in the weeds but you're in the clouds of it i was you like realize. yes okay i can get behind that idea yeah yeah and so that was yeah i did like a year and a half of that that's a huge regret in my career is like i think back to the first label job that i got mm. and i didn't have that perspective and that outlook mm. and i just thought the label was whack like i was like this is so stupid i'm wasting my time i thought uh -huh. i was signing up for something else and in retrospect, like I'm the asshole because it's like, so what? Like, just take what you can get out. Take of what it. you can get out of it and learn from all the things and learn how to deal with all the problems and solve the things mm. and see what they're doing and learn from those systems and build your own. And I was too much, like literally, of like, what does this represent? What do I get out of it? For sure. So yeah, like that's so crazy. You got that advice. That's so huge. Yeah. And then, so then what happens? Uh, I get promoted to the way Tom's it's split up. You have majors, mm -hmm. right? So the way you accounts, you're in retail, retail marketing is all about the marketing we do at our retailers mm -hmm. and retail, like built Tom's as much as brands want to be like D to C.com, whatever, like Tom succeeded because of Nordstrom. It was a different time too. Different time. But like, even, even now, like the amount of like like Nike had to pull back on how much retail they were doing. This is in like their like last investor call or whatever. Cause they were like selling so much through retail and wanted to be more online. Wow. Right? Like shoes sell in person. People want to try on shoes. Yeah. Everyone comes in 12 sizes. Like yeah, it's just true. how it is. It's true. Yeah. Retail is broken up into majors. Mm -hmm. 
um, and then boutique, mm-hmm. right? And boutiques broken up into action and fashion, huh. right? So like the, like that's the way we did it. Other people will do it different ways, right? Maybe they'll do like tier zero, tier one. That's like the Nike way, right? Yeah. Of like the greatest shoe store in the world down to like, you know, uh, where, warehouse shoe sale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got promoted to do the retail marketing manager for majors. Mm-hmm. So I was like Nordstrom, Journeys, and um, at that time, Whole Foods sold Tom's. So Nordstrom Journeys, Whole Foods, Neiman Marcus. And then we were going to launch Bloomingdale's. And so I was like 22, I think at that point. It was very funny because I think they were like nervous that they, like not nervous. They thought the team would be nervous, like letting me do that job. But Garrett, who is my boss, was like my biggest fan. Like my, like was fully behind me. Jill, his boss was fully behind. And they were just like, I, I didn't like apply for the job. They were just like, all right, you're doing this job now. Yeah. Like also, Mike, Mike, you can do this thing. Moment in that, shout out to the people like that that don't think about age, but they just see capability they're, and work. They're incredible. Like, isn't that nuts though? Yeah. I, I think about that now because now like being 30 or whatever, you see the people that are in their early 20s and they're, they're just different. Like they give a shit. They work so hard. Mm-hmm. And like, shout out to the people that don't judge people off of oh, age yeah. and give those opportunities. Because yeah. look at what that yeah that does yeah i mean i think garrett had to do it himself too he was like 20 running like all of retail marketing yeah out of nowhere yeah right and like the whole reason tom's had like the whole like reclaimed wood aesthetic was because like they had to go reclaim wood to make things yeah like straight up like like you're talking about things out of necessity like that's like a necessity choice right like that and burlap because burlap's cheap yeah the amount of burlap i've bought from michael levine's downtown is like so gnarly like i would go and just be like i want all of it was called like honey gold like i want all of the honey gold burlap you have it'd just be i would walk out with like six bolts of it and have to like make multiple trips from the store and then just be like give it to the creative team be like all right we're cutting this up to be like whatever it's a lot of that so i become like i end up doing retail marketing for majors it's like going with the sales reps to seattle to see nordstrom they're pitching them the line so all those people like they're coming to trade shows but you go show them the stuff directly and then i would be like hey like here's the marketing plan that we have to help you sell through these shoes. Yeah. If you buy into the Movember collaboration, yeah. here's all the stuff we're doing for Movember. Yeah. We're going to have our founder do a personal appearance at the Brea Nordstrom. Uh-huh. We're going to, oh, hey, Journeys, you guys are going to do, Journeys would put on this tour every year that was like all American rejects. And it would legit be in like Walmart parking lots around the country, mall parking lots. What was the tour? I forget what it was called. The Journeys uh, like. Wait, you're not talking about Warp Tour. No, no, no. Because no, like no. Journey sponsored work journeys. I'll go back in, in history yeah, and find it at some point. But we were like, like you do stuff like that. So half it's like the marketing of we want like hard aisle placement in the shoe department. Mm-hmm. I want to be where like the two, like where the walkway meets. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. like the best table. Yeah. Right. How are you going to merchandise this stuff? If you're just buying these, you got to buy some of this to do like attention. So, like, it got into like that level of marketing. Mm-hmm. Nordstrom puts out catalogs every, like, they, it was every month and they had like big ones. That was like, it's still massive business for Nordstrom. Again, it's like one of those things that feels so like, oh, like everything's online now, but like that was a big deal. And like, you try to negotiate catalog pages, negotiate. You would go in, do like, I would go to Nordstrom's before they opened, like when they were opening the one of the Americana and do like a whole, like give all the shoe sales team, like 
the pitch about toms, how to sell it, how to do oh, that. We would wow. do contests. Whoever sells the most toms the first month will get you tickets to whatever concert you want. Whoa. I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore. You yeah. used to be able to do this thing called spiff where it'd be like, yo, for every pair of toms you sell, we'll give you five bucks. Whoa. On top of your commission. Whoa. So like, yeah, everybody like, wow. So you guys like really figured out and dominated retail. Well, I mean, so, but that stuff's like, that's like table stakes. A lot of that stuff. And like, we wouldn't do it because we were trying to do it. Like we're a little different, you know, like one of those, but you like slowly. And so like, I came into that for like the last like six months of being like, absolutely like popping, popping and like learned so much about like, there was, there was just a lot of moving parts launching Bloomingdale's. We had like every window along, I think they're on fifth, they're on fifth or Madison Avenue. Like, you know, normally amount of window displays that is, it covers like half a block of New York. If you've yeah. ever been to the main like Bloomingdale's on 56, it's so fucking insane. Yeah. It's, it's eight floors of like heaven. The subway <laughs> stops in the bottom floor. There's like a subway stop in At Bloomingdale's. Little, wow. Yeah. Crazy. In the men's department. It's crazy. It's like, and it also makes you realize like retail is so fun. Like mm -hmm. you go to like, again, it's just a thing that like, good classic retail we don't have a lot anymore but like mm -hmm. we did like john goodman came and read children's books to kids in new orleans right we had like you know blake interview people at this opening of the store the og like i did undefeated events you know brandon boyd lead singer of incubus that's like the og tom's collab he literally like kind of like jackson pollock like a thing of canvas we sent it off had shoes made of it and then launched it undefeated Right. Tom's like one of their first shoe collaborations was with the row. Like Ashley came, like Whoa. Ashley and Mary Kate or whatever. Like we forget that it was like, it was like very cool at one yeah, point, yeah. you know, and did stuff and all that stuff launches through retail and it's incredible. And yeah, so did that for like another year and a half and then was ready to like move, move on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really interesting moment. So yeah. you're how old when you move on? 23, 24. So that, now looking back, you're like, wow, that's so young. But you'd basically that was your life, and you had had all of your professional skills. Yeah. Did you? Was there a moment of like, like what happens next? And like, was that strategic, or did you just in your heart know that it was time to go do something else? So the in my heart, I knew it was time to go do something else. I'd gotten like I'd started getting hit up by recruiters. One of them uh, was like TaylorMade, which mm. is Adidas's golf brand. Mm. And they're like, yeah, we want you to come do exactly what you're doing, like retail marketing for majors, but their majors were like the nicest golf courses in the world. Mm. And they were just like, you just got to go around to these golf courses and talk to them about TaylorMade shoes. And I was like, damn, that's pretty sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, and I like, didn't like golf. Like I yeah, golfed when I was younger, but like, yeah, like I had done I, they were like, oh, you have to move to Carlsbad. Like I wasn't going to move to Carlsbad. And Tom's had like kind of crested a little bit. As soon as you start not being able to anniversary your numbers from last year, mm -hmm. retail becomes misery, oh, right? Wow. So it becomes, it goes from like top of the mountain stuff to like, and again, like this is my first experience. So I'm like, baby, this is what it's like. Yeah. Every buyer shows up to every meeting. Yeah, like you have the people hotness. who have the last name Nordstrom will talk to you, right? Uh, like that, uh, kind of, like where you're just like, this shit's incredible. You're like, yo, Mike, I'm at Tom's, and you're just like, oh yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. incredible. It's like come to the whatever part. Like, hey, like it is very. But again, like you just think you're like because you're 22, you're like, oh, we're friends. This is like, yeah, this is everyone's what it's like friends. forever. This is what it's yeah. like, baby. Um, it's so fucking yeah crazy. so like I had a very funny experience with that and then it's like then it's like a battle when you're mm -hmm. like down 30% year over year and you're like oh my god like 
retail becomes very tough because then you're discounting product. And if they miss margins, they like, that's like, they'll just ask you for like what's called margin booster, which is like, hey, we met, we're, we have to keep a 48% margin. We had to discount to this much. We hit 46 to get us to 48. We need um, 23 grand. You just got to write us a check for 23 grand. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, retail's crazy. So it's like, you know, it's like a big, it's a big swing. And so some of that's just kind of the cost of doing business though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we end up like, I'm kind of looking around one day and I'm just like, ah, like all the people I I loved doing this with are gone. Because well, it was one of those things where it's like, these are all the people you hang out with. This yeah. is like everyone you hang out with, your social group, the people you talk to on the weekend. Yeah, it's like- You're you, here early, you late, you it's travel everything. with. This is like, this is the group. And then Garrett, my boss, left. And that was like, and he was just like my number one. Like, like he was like my mentor, like still get so much advice from him. Like Jill was gone. My, like one of my good friends, Drew, who I'm still good friends with, was, was gone. Like the other people on the events team with me were gone. Like, so it's that, like, what's the fucking point? Like you don't yeah, need people. And you, and like well, the big lesson I learned in that is there were so many people, we had moved into like a new office where they are now. It's in Playa Vista, but like across from the Howard Hughes Center, like where the Whole Foods, nothing was there. Like that was like a swamp. And then Shia Day, that big agency is back to back with Tom's. Yeah. And and we had like an amazing office. We'd kind of moved in there as like we were going up. And a lot of people who had been there for a while were like, oh, it's so different now. Mm. So different. <laughs> like, oh man, like I hate it. Tom's used to be like this, mm. but now it's like this. Mm. And just like, I fell in love with it at a certain time. And that's on me. Mm. it's still a great place to be now yeah i just had a different version of it right so now isn't bad but it's different than my version of tom's right so yeah, that makes sense so it's time for me to go yep because yep. i didn't love it the same yep you can only give you can only give so much of yourself to like a company yeah. you know what i mean yeah, like you yeah, want to be 100%. so sold out for the company yeah it's amazing man like i travel went on a giving trip to el salvador like you you know like all that stuff's real. Yeah, like, yeah. You like I think really there's like there's like genuine knocks on Tom's, but it was like it did it like did amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. And so I was just like, it is time to go. I was just it was so funny. I was just looking like across like the top floor one day and I was like, I need to leave. Yeah. It was like it was just like it it just came. Yeah. You yeah. know? And like it was no resentment, no hard feelings. So a lot of people get there and they're like, it's different. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, just well, then go. It's a company, yeah. bro. It doesn't owe you anything. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's like what I told myself is like, they don't owe you. Yeah. Don't owe you anything at this point. So and then so what did you do? Um, I had known one of my first trade shows, like second trade shows. Someone came up to me. They're like, hey, I'm with this agency called No Subject. We're working with Impossible Project. They're trying to save like the last instant photo factory in the world. Hmm. Here's this Polaroid camera. Will you document your experience of the trade show? I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I do it. I give it back to them at the end. They're like, oh, I want you to meet my boss. It's this woman, Chelsea, and she runs this agency called No Subject. Um, they're based in LA. We end up like linking up at trade shows sometimes, like chat, whatever. They, I ended up like hiring them to help me launch Bloomingdale's like do influencer stuff. She ends up breaking off, starting her own agency called Matt Black. I help her find like my roommate from college is her first intern. Crazy. Right. And then she needs, then she ends up needing to hire some employees. My other roommate from college, one of my best friends is her second employee. Mm. And then when I go to leave, like I start kind of talking to the people I know. I'm like, hey, Chelsea, like I think I want to leave. 
I want to leave uh, Tom's. And she's like, yo, let's get lunch. And then we went and got lunch like a week later. And she was like, well, would you want to work at Matt Black and run like strategy for us? Like, and Tom's didn't use agencies. So I didn't really know a lot what agencies did. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm sick of working on one brand, talking to one audience, doing the same thing. Yeah. The idea of like, oh, I can work on a bunch of brands. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And I think yeah. to her, it was surprising that it was like, oh, this person, like someone's going to leave Tom's and come work at this like small agency. Like startup vibes. But like I had known, the funny thing is like, because obviously like her and I are like incredibly close now. And like, you know, I've, I've spent so much time with her over the past eight years or nine years or whatever it's been. But like in that moment, we'd only hung out like five times. Crazy. Right. And always in kind of like, oh, work catch up situations. Yeah. We're just like, yeah, sure. Let's so do it was this. a leap. It was like, it was a yeah. leap. But at the, in that moment, it was just like, bro, anything but Tom's like felt good. I don't know. I was like, I had belief in what we were going to go do. And just like belief in myself of like, oh yeah, I can go make this. I can go make this whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I like I put in my two weeks at Tom's. I took two weeks off in between and then started at Matt Black as the director of strategy and culture. Which has now evolved. It's now another, right? Same place that I'm at now. Right. Yeah, it's vastly different. Whoa, but that's crazy. We're like iteration number five of who we are. Yeah, Totally, but like in all reality, you went from internship at Volcom to crazy moments of Tom's and insane career growth to then Matt Black going to another and you building that, like again, kind of starting at this very beginning of it and growing it to what it is now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like, I mean, that part's fun. Like there's, I can't remember, there's like this great piece of advice or like everyone likes becoming, no one likes being, (laughs) where it's like, like getting a promotion is fun. Now having to do that job is not fun. Yeah. And like, I think when you're at somewhere you can grow, it's like a continual process of becoming, which is yeah, nice. That's there cool. are plenty of moments of being, but yeah. you know, it's fun to become too. So you know? I love that. That's yeah. such a, it's so true. Yeah. So with, uh, with another now, are you, because I'm so curious, like I have a bit of experience with agencies now because of race service and everything that they've taught me, but it's still a world where there's plenty of agencies that I don't fully know. And, you know, everybody kind of has a different thing. You and I could start an agency on this couch right now. That's why, because it's just like, takes some zero capital. You're like, we're an agency now. Right. It's kind of like in music, it's like, oh yeah, I have a label. It's like, well, you just opened a distro kit account, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You have a label. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. The, the thing that comes to my mind is highly likely because it's like this pop in restaurant. Oh man. This is, so, so I feel like there's some misnomers on like, because we're, because we're connected to it. So Chelsea, my business partner, yeah. her husband, uh-huh. Alex, yeah. and their friend, Carrie, who's yeah. like from like Cafe Gratitude, opened that. Okay. Right. And so another's attached to it. Uh-huh. We, another is like technically a partner in the business. Mm-hmm. And we did like the branding work, like all of like all of that for it. Uh-huh. But it is has 0% to do with me. Okay. And so, so it's like, you're not like restaurateur on no, the side fuck no. you're not food and bev guy no no no, okay. no i can i can pretend to be all i want but it has it has very limit very limited things to do with me so we then, have worked on plenty of restaurants i am happy to critique restaurants to death but the uh right yeah like that's not that side of what you're like yeah thinking. so so then okay so then another like that makes sense yeah and the tie to it makes sense yeah but it does seem like there's pretty much no category of business that you can't, like I think your strategy, like you yeah. you have now at this point, from what I've seen, the brands mm-hmm. that you've worked with, 
touched a lot of different industries yeah. and kind of applied these skills. So like, what did that look like? You come from Tom's, did you have a framework where you were unfazed by it? Did you have strategy yourself of, I want to align with these brands? Like, yeah. was this a natural thing? This is, Dude, this is interesting I don't know, actually. That's like, I have like a very hard time figuring out how I honed. Like, I've always been like, oh, um, jack of all trades, master of none. Really? Which is like a bit what brand strategy is in some ways. Yeah. You can go to like proper strategy agencies and those people are like, geniuses uh-huh. like red antler or something like that but also they're like their strategy is annoying huh. where they're like where you're like all right cool we're gonna launch like a new coffee brands and then the start of the deck will be like coffee was invented and like oh my god and they'll like go all the way back and you're like on page 80 like we're very much like what you'll say on page 80 we'll just say on page one yeah like, we're it's like, like here's like a cultural truth and we're all here right like yeah. great let's tell a story from there yeah so there's like different versions of it but like originally when i came to matt black matt black started when chelsea started it was like an instagram only agency wow. which is crazy nine years ago if you think about it like it's like super early on instagram was like oh you're gonna have to produce a bunch of images if you pay us, yeah. we will do a photo shoot for you every month and we'll run your Instagram. Incredible. And all the photo shoots were like, back when Instagram was like, all right, here's like three objects on a table and we're going to like yeah. shoot it like this. Like the outfit of the day, like men's Lay fashion, flat, like, like flat, right, like Instagram 1.0 kind of stuff. Incredible. But we were running the Instagrams of like, 15 brands at once whoa because you just had that cornered you had just had it yeah it was just like a thing that everyone needed like you needed someone to do this yeah yeah and so i came in and was very much like okay i can do strategy of like how we should position i learned that a lot at tom's because tom's was like with every pair we give a pair of shoes to a child need one for one right like you just you had the message and you knew like the power of like yeah just fucking hammer this story yeah hammer here's like this story of like kids we know the places we give the things that we've helped the like the retailers that we're in, like you just knew like, yep. I just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about like the brand story, but knew like, start here, go here, do this. Yep. Like, yep. and I think that like other brands, when you come from that, like a brand that like the give is in like the DNA, yeah. new brands, you can just see where they don't have a store. They don't have like a base to stand on. Yeah. So strategically it's like, okay, like you, here's like how you could like drill down into something that's meaningful yeah. and not like give back meaningful, but just like even a position meaningful. So like, what's an example? Like how have you, how have you learned to do that for companies? Oh dude, I'll start with a bad example. Yeah. Any brand who ever comes to you and says like, we want to be the Patagonia of blank. Incredible. Like you're not, like you're not, like you're Incredible. already lost. Like you're already lost because Patagonia started as like, everyone sees Patagonia now and is like, that's who we want to be yeah. like and they're like the protector of public lands yeah but they started we all know this now as a rock climbing company yeah rock climbing gear have you read the book like, yeah like, oh yeah, my people go surfing. yeah so like understand yourself as the rock climbing company first yeah. and then you need a vision to the protector of public lands yeah because it's also like you don't have i promise you you don't have the stomach to do what patagonia does correct i promise you especially if you want to be the patagonia blank like Uh either you're it or you're not yeah and as soon as you say it not you right like you can be like then it's then it's not genuine at all well like you could want to get back you can want to be genuine but like you got to want to be the you of whatever category you're in and just that the you version of you is built different so like when somebody comes to you and they say i want to be the patagonia of blank you say uh we gotta we gotta work on this (laughs) because i'm in client services you go okay cool love that great like like 
So what do you stand for? Like, yeah. what do you love? What are you trying to do? Yeah. But like to finish the Patagonia thought, like you have to be willing that every time you've proved it, you like double down and prove it again. Yeah. And every time that you're like not open Black Friday, you go like, you know what? Fuck it. We're not open Cyber Monday either. And you say like every time that they're like, <laughs> you know, you're just like, not only are we not open on in our stores, like we're shutting our website down. Yep. We're going to take an ad out that says the president stole your land. Like stuff that's just like unpopular. Yeah. I mean, like Nike's even willing to do that with like the Colin Kaepernick stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like that's not popular with so, like with so many people. Every time you think you're there, you got to double down again. And like you get to the point where eventually you just go, like, yeah, we're giving it the whole company away. It's crazy. Like, so and so it's good. like, I don't know, just like you don't, no one has the stomach to be the Patagonia of anything. So like, you, you can't be that. That's yeah, like being yeah. like, I want to be the Michael Jordan of basketball. Right. Like, yeah, it's like well, everybody does, yeah, but you you're not going to do it. So I think we're brand, where we start with brands now is so much so like always start with dumb, dumb strategy, right? What's the top right corner if we had to imagine on the chart of where everyone else is versus what you think you do different. Uh-huh. And like the big like secret is like so many of these brands aren't different. Yes. You do not have, you do not have one. The only way you can differentiate is your visuals. We're going to come to a different visual world than anyone else has and try to show it in a new light. Yeah. And we'll try to, and like, you know, push brands to be like, you, how like radically inclusive are you able to be? Like how, like what are all the things that you want? Like you can be different by the way you show it. It's just simply stated, not even being shitty. It's just like, it's generic. Like these generic. ideas in these companies Like why should, like you, you, like another toothbrush brand will probably start this year, right? Right. Why should, why do we need another toothbrush brand? Right. It's give, like give thing. Like literally like, give yeah. me a reason for another good toothbrush brand. Right. Like, oh, we all need better oral health. We already okay. have, they, oh, that one already exists. It's, yeah. it's Quip. <laughs> right you know what i mean like yeah yeah like I can and, just it's, tell- it's, and in all reality like can you really say that it's any different like has, is no. the toothbrush gonna be reinvented no like, that much crazier yeah so my true opinion on this is like if you're going to start a brand the most meaningful thing you can do is like the best design the best whatever all those things exist what i can promise you is the highest paid like manufacturing workers Mm. everyone in our like we have like a vertical supply chain and we're going to pay everyone 20 percent more than they get paid anywhere else when you shop with us like frontline blue collar anyone in like anyone in the chain of people who normally don't get thought about are getting paid more because they're making this toothbrush that's That's the only thing that matters straight up wow so we don't need legitimately don't need anything else correct brands wise yeah i think that's like the most meaningful thing any brand can do wow it's just be like we are going to pay our people more and like yo if you like the design great if you like we're going to try to design something great will we put some functionality in that helps you have better oral health awesome right like some of that stuff's on you anyway chief like you got to want to brush your teeth like but the but (laughs) just like the most meaningful promise any brand can make is just like the highest paid, like we are going to above industry standard, right? pay everyone from like the, you know, it's just like direct trade farming, right? Like everyone from like where we're sourcing mm-hmm. through most important, like people who are frontline manufacturing right? out to when, when it goes out to distribution, like no longer in our control, like those no. people will be paid well. So I love that. And yeah. I think that's so great. Do you think that that is, I feel bad saying it, a cyclical trend? Do you think that right now that is the most meaningful thing that you could do? Or do you think that that's a timeless lesson? I'm, I mean, like, I'm definitely like sugarcoating it because someone could come in and be like, there's other things like, yo, like Tony's, like there's slave trade in chocolate. There's slave, there's child labor, there's slave labor in the chocolate industry 
we are going to make like the most responsible chocolate bar and we're going to call out other companies and show them that they can make their bars without slave labor or without Crazy. child labor. Sorry. Crazy. Like there's all kinds of versions of being meaningful. Mm. Uh, and I think people can find them. I don't think it'll, I don't think it's a trend that people should have like fair wages and be able to make a living no matter right, what like their job, no matter what their job is. Forever. And you look at like an Amazon and like Jeff Bezos gets so much shit because it's like his level of wealth compared to some of these things. That was such a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like even that's a different conversation. Like, Bro, if you have a billion dollars, like good for you. Sure. Like I know there's this idea of like billionaires shouldn't exist. I I just I do not know enough about it to have like no, nor a, do a I. personal but opinion on I'm it. I'm saying from a cultural standpoint, yeah. like that is something where it's like I could understand what you're saying because he without people being educated, it's just like that is a narrative of like, oh, this guy has a bunch when his other people don't. So if you're telling a story where you're like, Hey, everybody that's a part of this is taken care of, like yeah, yeah. I mean, because right now it's a very fair criticism of him. Mm -hmm. You know what I right. mean? Like yeah. the, and and I don't know, but like I don't I don't think Amazon warehouse workers are like you know get paid more than get get, get paid more than any other warehouse worker. Right? Maybe they, maybe they do. And like again, like this is all like an imperfect like this is all an imperfect point of view on my spot. But like in when we like try to find brand narrative and brand story now. It has to be in the product. Mm. That's like Tom's, that shit was sewn in from the beginning. Mm. And like the product told the story and was the story of like why we're, we are full of purpose. Mm. And like now your product has to be the thing that also encapsulates your purpose mm. in what you're doing. Mm. And so like all of your story should come from the product mm. and whether that be like the way it was designed or how it's meant to be used or what it empowers you to do. And like a lot of people like will BS that thing or like a lot of beauty brands, they're just like, oh, it's about like, it's not about changing who you are. It's about being like the most confident version of yourself, right? Which is just a version of saying like, we're trying to make you feel good about wearing makeup or still trying to sell you makeup. Yeah. Which is like, and also there's like skincare, which is different than makeup. And like, there's good versions of all of this, but I think like, you know, just like anyone, you know it. I remember talking to these kids when we were doing this like high school mentorship program. And it was like, how do you work in brand? I was like, you know, Nike. Yeah. You know, Adidas. Yeah. Do you know the difference between the two? Like what kind of person would wear this versus what kind of person would wear that? Like, yeah. I'm like, boom, you're in brand marketing. Is that, that's it. It's like, Damn. you just know it. Like you live it because they're all lifestyle brands. Yo, it's yeah. funny. Like that, that thought is something that I love that you say that. And I think that a part of this podcast to me is I want to remind and empower people that they probably are qualified for the shit that they love. Bro, but it's fucking crazy. Like I, I, as you explain it, we discredit how simple the fundamental, like, you know, you take the logos off that thing you're saying. If you authentically give a shit about any of these industries you talk about, you can probably just snap answer, say the thing that's cool and why it's cool. Or like the way Patagonia yeah. breaks all these rules. It's like, is it really all that like crazy strategic or is it more just being like, well, yo, like if we're trying to protect this and we're trying to make less of an impact, here's a way that we can do that and it's just like these yeah these we're gonna start our own second hands you're gonna be able right. to take the clothing back and sell it again right or yeah. it's like i don't know i think skateboarding is an incredible uh space because mm -hmm. it's again like pretty authentic punk rock like there, there's a lot of like i think a lot of brilliant people have come out of skateboarding for sure but like it it to me comes back to just like well what do you think is cool like if you're a part of it and you see something that's cool and you live and breathe it you can probably state the things that are cool and aren't cool yeah but i, I think that that maybe i'm doing a poor job of it but just like the the simple gut check answer to some of these things yeah. 
is sometimes the most valuable thing and people lose sight of that. Yeah. And I think you like, everyone has their own like BS meter. Having purpose and meaning isn't always like a sure sign to success. Like often it's like, you know, road to hell is paved with good intentions kind of Fuck. kind of thing. If you have a good idea, you're trying to make something that's like different, you're trying to work on, or you're working on brands, you're at an agency, you're at a brand yourself, you can find purpose and meaning in so much of what you do. And even if you come to a place where like the brand didn't have a big purpose, you can put on events, you can put out products, you can do things that have purpose yeah. and and bring like a lot of meaning and make people feel like really special. Yeah. And like, that's incredible. Yeah. Bar like, being able to make sure that like warehouse and factory workers are getting paid more, being able to make a person who like comes to an event feel like welcome and seen and like, you know, like feel like they have a, a place they belong. Like that's, that's, that's the next best special. thing. Yeah. That's yeah. like legitimately the next best thing outside yeah. of it. No, you yeah. have a lot of really good core fundamentals there. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah. I think that stuff's like, stuff's hard to do, but still possible. Like it's not just like, Oh, I'm at a brand that doesn't like, I'm at Microsoft, like I yeah. have no purpose. That's not true. There's yeah. still a bunch of great stuff you can do. Okay, so we talked a lot about your story mm -hmm. and everything that led you up to this point. And you shared a little bit on another in the beginning and mm -hmm. kind of painted the picture. But the last thing that I want to do is have it be, okay, cool, this guy used to work at Tom's and here's this whole thing. Yeah. By the way, here's eight years of a career and you're yeah. killing it, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. So like, I guess what if, if you were to look now at your career and like what you've done with another eight years in, what are some of the most valuable things you've learned or meaningful things you've done or just yeah. like kind of like somebody who is interested in your path and interested in being in a position like yourself? Like what is that advice or what's that look like? Yeah, I think like there's interesting agency specific advice mm -hmm. where like the most like if you are in client services, or you work at an agency or you're like you are someone who works with brand. Mm -hmm. This big idea that I always talk about is like the illusion of calm. And that the most important thing you can provide to whoever you're working for is the illusion of calm. And that oh. means that like, if if two competing agencies both got a brand to the same point, they will be happier with the outcome, the smoother it felt to get there. Which is sometimes like, that fe feels obvious, but agency culture can often be this like, you complain, the client's like this, oh, like there's all these fires, we're running around, it's last minute, and then you get to the end, you're like, oh, we pulled it off, guys. But like, the more that you can not hide it, but like you're in client services, the whole point is like, the dining room's quiet, the kitchen's chaos. Bro. Right. And I think agencies often are just like the kitchen's in the dining room, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're all eating. Yeah, and you're, and you're just like, don't, they don't need to see this. Whoa. Yeah. That is bars. Like yeah. that's good. Yeah. And so that's like, I came in and all I want to do is brand strategy, digital marketing strategy. I can tell you how to run your email, connect it to your ads, what mm -hmm. ads we're running, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And then ended up being like a lot more in business development, a lot more in like campaign strategy how like brand positioning like that because that stuff just like i wanted to get there i'm you, obsessed with you, that you like grow it's so cool you grow into it yeah you have to be able to take the logos off stuff and still know who it is and there's a version of that like visually where i'm like yes that is like a that is a photo from 
I'm trying to think like one of the big ones in beauty for a long time was like Glossier, but like mm. that's a Nike. I know that's Nike. The way they shot oh it, my God. what it is, their but, brand identity is so yeah. strong. And that's like that without vi- anything. Yeah, that's the visuals, but that comes from like great brand strategy. That's words on a page that is like so distinct that you're like no one else would say this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that evolves over time, what have you. But mm. I, but I think like really being willing to like go after that stuff and say like we're going to like craft this and craft this again and work this again until we feel like we found something that's truly like we can say like no one else would say this thing there's no generic words here we're not providing confidence like we're give, we're trying to do something else that's like totally unique yeah the more that you're able to do that the better and yeah man maybe a question like that i think maybe anyone listening to this might might have is okay, so you've listened to this episode and you're like, damn, strategy matters and like all these things. How yeah. do I How do I level myself up? Do you have questions that you ask brands or clients when you Man. first start of like to, to define that why or is it not as simple as that? Like all strategy is creative, all creative is strategic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so sometimes people use the word strategy in like a really like, they'll be like, oh, our strategy is to do an event like this. Mm-hmm. If you can like check a box and do it that's not strategy that's right? a task that's that's yeah it's yes it's a yeah, task yeah um or like it's a tactic as it sure. would be called okay, right yeah. like tactics help you achieve goals mm. goals help you achieve strategies ah, right beautiful. and like and like to and strategies are like conceptually like will often be like uh, conceptually will be a bit loose mm-hmm. and you'll be like, all right, we'll know it. We'll, we'll know it when we got there, like when right. it happened, like we need to own the men's market or something, mm-hmm. whatever. But like when we start like good creative strategy is the idea of like, you can pull disparate ideas together and make something new. That's like one of the big ideas from like mm-hmm. Pixar and how they, and how they do like uh, creativity Inc or whatever that book was called. Mm-hmm. But I think like, your strategy starts with like, you live a full life. You have a lot of good references. Like you come in, you hear about a brand and you put down everything on a piece of paper. That's just like your opinion about this thing already. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you let, then you just like draw a line between like all of my opinions and things that I hold to be true already. Yeah. You look at that brand and you say, let me break this down into its fundamental parts. Right. It's, a restaurant okay so like restaurant culture it's in la los angeles culture and it's like vegan based on um and like draws inspiration from um like kind of native mexican cuisine and you go okay i have four things that like i can piece together in different ways that i need to go do like non-biased research about Mm -hmm. like you know like what is this logo why does it look this way why like does food like this exist in LA? What's like the history of this food? What's mm-hmm. the, and what you'll do is you'll find these strings about like, you'll be like, I was like 10 pages deep on writing about like the or origination of like Catholicism in Mexico and like why that mattered to this restaurant. Holy and, shit. It, and at a certain point you'll just be like, all right, no, this doesn't matter. You'll just wow. be like, you'll be, yeah, you'll be like, like never you mind, never mind. Steps. You go through the steps, but like, 
good strategy is about is like sparking good creative. And so you need to just like cast a wide net and be like, here are things that could drive us, yeah. but you'll find it. Then you'll, you'll see your, your opinion, which is often like driven by like culture and your own experience. Then like deep kind of like first person research of like, Oh, I'm in like reading about these things. Like I've broken out kind of what I feel, believe to be the core concepts yeah. and just gone and like gone down rabbit rabbit holes on it. Mm-hmm. And then just say, okay, great. I've come to a place, right. Mm-hmm. I have some facts, Right. I have some like facts over here. We're going to try to combine the multiple like, you know, facts to make like a brand truth. Like these things are if if I know this thing about culture, if this thing is like true in history, like in this moment, we put all those things together. Here's like a thing that is true about this brand or true for this moment. Yeah, using your restaurant example. So you're yeah. in Los Angeles, you're making a vegan restaurant. It's inspired by these different Yeah, cultures. I'm specifically talking about Gracias Madre. But yeah. Like oh, the, funny. Yeah, that's like like that reference of just like, that's, we we can do whoever. But yeah, the, I don't know. But like, yeah. that's cool. Like, so then those things come together to be your version of it. And it's authentic and it's true because yeah. of all these things that you can stand by. Yeah, and the, you have to like pressure test all those things and be like, all right, cool. Like, Yo, this whole like Catholicism thing doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You'd be willing to do that. The pro, the worst thing you can do in strategy is just go in with an idea and be like, I'm only going to research things that confirm my idea. Oh, about fuck. this thing. Yeah, you're just confirming your yeah, bias. Yeah, like confirmation bias. Like you're just like, I'm only, no matter what, we've been guilty of that. You know where you want it to end, and then you try to do the research backwards. Completely. To, like, to be like, oh, yeah, this was a, such a great idea. Yeah. Um, that we had like first thought, best thought kind of thing. I, so, I have I struggle with this one of all have industries or things that I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. and you could probably save years of your life if you were just focused on money. But I think about how funny it is that never in my life have I stopped and been like, "Is this market viable? Like, how much <laughs> how, this giant market, this thing that I'm excited about, take like podcasting or whatever? Did I at one point compare it to like the industry and how much money that industry makes to anything else? Absolutely not. I was just like, <laughs> podcasts are fucking tight. Let's go. Yeah. And I think that's like I make fun of myself. That's for probably that. the best way to approach something. It's, it's very good. authentic. I but think like, <laughs> the only way to succeed is to be like too dumb to know you're gonna fail. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, to, I do think that's a funny side. Yeah. I just like. I don't know if you're willing to be consistent with it, putting all this work. I think that's kind of the key to success. Like everyone, everyone else will give up before you do. And that's like the way that you have now won. We're on version five of another at this point, like started as social only moved into campaign work, got really known for like narrative driven visuals of like photo and video. Yeah. First big one we did was like shooting this big, like holiday campaign for Lululemon in Norway and it's like this, and then like did a lot of stuff from there, got Nike, we'd gotten W Hotels, working on Marriott, like ended up being like the AOR for Shopify. We worked yeah. with YouTube and Google, went around the world shooting like YouTube Rewind, like the that big like recap they yeah, do at yeah. the end of the year. Like, and it just like, it grows. Yeah. It grows. And you're just like putting out creative and at that same time, like putting out your own IP and just like it comes to you. Yeah. Right. And, and it's been a lot of years at this point with a lot of different, like now we've kind of found like, okay, it's branding and campaigns. Yeah. Whereas before we were like, yeah, we'll do social. Like we were running like social for minions at one point. Like you're just, and then you kind of like, you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, but, but like take you, yourself out of it and you say it to yourself back and you're like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. That was, a, that was a funny one where you're just like, but it was cool. Like that team's amazing. Like yeah. Illumination's amazing. I have a, a question yeah. that I think about 
um, with business. And I think it's like a skill. Like if I were to like teach a college class of like actual things you need to know. Mm. Um, do you think that so much of this industry now is like you have to be able to make a remarkable deck? Bro, our decks are <laughs> impeccable. I think that that's a thing. Like I think if I were to, if like if somebody were to come to me and they're like, what's a thing that I could learn that would benefit me so massively? I'd Figma. be like, learn how, to, learn how to send short emails and make a great deck. Yeah. <laughs> Another would be the most successful agency in the world if only, if deck, if the quality of your deck was the only thing that was. Isn't that funny though? Bro, our, we put too much effort it's into so it. It's so funny. They're very, they're very dialed. If you can't communicate your strategy, it's a bad strategy. Yeah. My legitimate philosophy on strategy work is it needs to be like a party fact. The way that Malcolm Gladwell writes books, like whether, whatever you think about him, the way that you internalize it and then yeah. repeat it to people. Dude. That's strategy. That's what I'm saying. And so like if I can get you onto one sentence that's like, our strategy is blank. Yeah. Is that we are going to like, you know, we are going to become like the modern generation's third place. Like the idea of like you had home work and you had a third place that was where you did like your half social, half like work life. Yeah. Like we're going to become this. If you just have that thing and you all look around and you say, is this decision making us that third place? Or is like this decision making us like Southwest whole thing, like the most affordable airline? Yeah then we don't do it, right? Like right. if you have to legitimately refer back to the deck to remember what your strategy is, not great strategy, right. in my opinion. Yeah, my whereas course. if you have like this like ethos, this thing that's you said, we so have a simply... We have a North Star. Yes. And like it can be complicated underneath that, but I want you to go to a dinner party and like be able to like remember it. It should feel like pop psychology. Yeah. Right? It should feel like something that's not like the coffee shop. So like I was saying yeah. before, like, mm, like I know that you're launching like a new like, you know, ceiling fan company, but let's talk about like why humans want to be cool in the first place. Yeah, you're just you're like, like, fuck, bro, dude. Stop. Yeah. yeah dude, yeah, Tony Shea wrote about that in uh, Delivering Happiness. He, oh, man. He, was, he talked about um, how company culture, like if it's good and simple when your employees make fun of it. It's so known oh, interesting. that like you know that your ethos that you can make a joke about it. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's, that's solid. I mean, they I I did the did you ever do the Zappos tour like I want back to in so the day? Bad. I don't know if they still do it. Fuck, really? Uh, we did it. I did it when I was like a lot younger in Vegas. Shopify is like the best that I've seen recently. Like company really? is incredible. Really? They're like so I mean, I know they had a rough a rough go of it like the last like year. Yeah. But like when we came in like 2019, just like the way that those that they were like sold out for what Shopify was doing. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. I saw they had a billboard on the 10 and it said, congrats oh, to Fashion Nova. Rough, rough. Wait. Yeah, man. Wait, what's your positive about the Fashion Nova one? Well, okay, this is hilarious. Yeah. To me, I don't know anything about Fashion Nova. Yeah. I just saw that and I was like, oh, that's pretty smart. Like, oh, I, for sure. Like they, like, they're like, like just congratulate. Like yes. that to me was marketing where I was like, oh, that's sick. Like as their yeah. thing to just say like, yo, shout out to this. Keep growing. Yeah. So love that's that. That's all I took away love from that. So, like, I didn't the know whole, there was even controversy there's around no, it. No, there's not controversy around it. It's just the idea of like, they're like, they're like the number one fan of merchants, uh -huh. right? So their whole idea is they're merchants, anyone who sells on this. So their idea is be merchant obsessed. Uh -huh. They're all about like, how do we support the people who sell using Shopify. Yeah, yeah. We are merchant obsessed. Yeah. And we will do like, we are in their corner. We understand what it's like to be them. We are here to support them, whatever they need. And like Shopify is like the, the 
counterpoint to Amazon, mm-hmm. right? In mm-hmm. that it is like Amazon is like evil, Walmart's evil, yeah. Shopify is about like, like for the people. They're, they're like fiercely supporting independents, like independent yeah. brands. Etsy is for people who aren't serious, uh-huh. right? This is for like yeah. you're serious. This is gonna be your life, and we're yeah. gonna change you. You are going to have the power to change your own life because you're going to run your own business. Yeah, and like I think that's really meaningful, and like Fashion Nova. I say this as a person who has like very limited context, but it's like fast fashion, which is like the epitome of waste, the oh, epitome funny. of like stealing other people's designs. Funny. Like, and so like I don't know that like honestly. Fashion Nova probably makes Shopify so much money. Oh but the and it's like so cool that they're doing that, but it's just like they've done other of times. All where, people they've done other times any name that yeah, they could have shouted yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. That I mean there's the Junixes by their headquarters, but like they've done times where they've shouted out like you know, they've shouted out like whatever small sporting goods store in okay. like in like Twin Forks, Idaho. You know, That's like sick. so like they've done like I love. I'm fully in on Shopify, but like I saw that billboard. That's funny. Someone in our office literally thought it was ironic. Like literally came in and thought they were making fun of Fashion Nova because we have such a different view. No of way. <laughs> yeah, and wow. so we we're just like, That's funny that like, that Fashion Nova. Yeah. yeah. All right. I guess. Yeah. Damn. I don't know. Ten million orders though. That's pretty big. Yeah. It's pretty. That's, crazy. Big, that's big for them, yeah. dude. I uh, I think we did the damn thing. I mean, there's yeah. a lot to talk about here. Yeah. Um, and I like this is one of those ones where I just as I am so pat, I I'm so excited about this, and I could talk about things like this for forever. Sure. So I try to be considerate of time, but like maybe we come back to some other episode on a very, very specific topic. But for your story and for this episode, is there anything that I missed or like any, where can people find you type beat? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only, the only other thing is like a couple of years ago, we started a business called Candid. That was our agency does a lot of photo shoots, but they're very expensive. Uh Like brands need more content than ever. And so we started like another agency that does that built a creator network. It's 1500 people and we can shoot images and video at flat rates. Like we do like $120 per photo. Yeah. And so it's like, that's brilliant. Yeah. So it's like, let's say you do like a big campaign photo shoot with another, and then you get like kind of your always on stuff from candid network. And, and so, it doesn't need to be this super intentional campaign with no, this crazy studio no, which budget. No, people don't care anyway. People no. want like you on your phone, like doing a selfie video about how great these microphones are or something. Holy shit, yeah. that's so smart. Yeah. So, and then you're also empowering a bunch of creators to give them these jobs yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Everybody wins. Yeah. Fuck, that's cool. Yeah. So it's like a separate, a separate business from another that I actually spend the majority of my time on now. Whoa. Even more than like starting this year, moved away from being full-time at another and, and really put more time into Candid. What I love about that though, is you have another bit, another yeah. business that can support it in such an authentic way. Cause if yeah. that were to be standalone, I'd feel like it's too DIY. Like I'd be like, you why know, are you? It, it is funny. It's like, there's, there's competitors in the market. It just, it benefits from being attached to another. You're I, right. I, it definitely benefits. And when you use both in tandem, it's really cool. Yeah, that's yeah man. Sick. Like, and I think that's better for creators. Yeah. To be like, hey, yeah, cool, I'm part of this thing, but it's tied to this bigger thing. Yeah. And if you were to work with a creator in your network and they were to kill it, then maybe they come on and do the big campaign. And For it's sure. like, I feel like that, it's just like everybody wins more when it can tie to something even bigger. Yeah, I feel like there's that there's that version of it, which is amazing. We have people who like, a lot of our creators just have real jobs. They're like accountants or they're like whatever. And it's just like, oh, shoot, this brand's gonna pay me to like, 
I'm going to get three pairs of Nikes and like, I just got to take a few photos and get paid. Like that's incredible. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, that's been, that's been really fun and has like a whole set of like lessons on its own. But yeah, that's what I'm excited about now. Like people can go, it's only another.co, candidnetwork.co to see like stuff that we're doing. And then just Micah Haycoop on Done. But you're not you you are not going to learn anything from me on on, yeah. on social media. Yeah. So I much more encourage follow a only another rather than rather than me. You can also check me out. You're mostly just going to get me like reposting my wife or like sharing yeah, sharing she's out outfits, here taking over the world in she's a racing over the career. World. Yeah, she's killing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, this has been fun though. Thanks this is for awesome. thanks for letting me talk about Tom's for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, thank you for real. Like this is uh, for me when I'm this far in, I've done this many episodes and I can learn from somebody that I really respect that has a different career. Mm. I get really excited about cool. that. Like this started in music and it was a lot of artists come up stories, but I want it to grow to be so much more than that. And mm. if I can share stories of anyone in a creative industry that's killing it, doing something they love, yeah. the more I feel like guests come on and share what they do, I think it shows people what's possible. So it, I get really excited when yeah. it can be somebody with a different take this far in. So yeah. thank you. Like you've no, added so much value to the podcast of course thanks man i appreciate it thanks hell for having yeah. me hell yeah thanks.